Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast pub chat. I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. This is our off episodes where we just kind of chit chat about a couple of things. Yeah. So join us in the chit chat if business first. If you're listening to this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all that kind of nonsense. If you're listening to this on your podcast network of choice, please leave us a review. That's literally the only way I know if you're listening to this on a podcast network. Um, Let's see, what else? We have a Patreon, so if you would like Book of Shadows pages associated with all of our large-scale podcast or full-length podcast episodes, those are available on our Patreon. We have a Horn and Cauldron podcast tier, and I don't know, something about us having social media links on the webpage. I'm, I'm starting to run out of hype here. Uh, you were doing so good too. I don't remember what the rest of you it is. So I was good. winging it. You can you can stop by uh, nerdjive.com to look at all of those links to variety of things. Yeah, there you go. So, uh it's pub chat. It's uh, I don't know, whatever, middle of Feb. So, what's up? What are we talking about today? Uh, well, first, we've got a listener question, and it's really not so much of a question as it was a suggestion from uh, one of our patrons. So Alan said um, it would be good for us to do a show on astral projection, and we definitely will do a full-length episode on astral projection because there's a ton to unpack, but I wanted to talk very quickly about what astral projection is is to sort of uh, wet your appetites, if you will. It's where you take an astronaut and you fire him out of a fucking cannon. No. You project that astronaut way the fuck over there. (laughs) No. That's definitely not what that is. I mean, that's hyper-simplified version of a thing that NASA considered doing using a a, uh, train-ish rocket uh, attached to a maglev rail built, cut into the side of a mountain at like a 30 degree angle so it can reach escape velocity and accelerating the ever-living Christ out of that thing. Just like t-shirt cannoning an astronaut into space? Yeah. Yeah, it's actually it's technically not a bad idea. It's just that it's not, I mean, I guess nobody's really explored it to the full extent, but like, yeah, I mean, you would have to cut a hell of a hole into a mountain, but theoretically magnetic, um, using like a rail gun, basically, you would be able to achieve astronomical speeds with some sort of a, um, a thing. There's also a company in the Midwest somewhere that has like, like a spinning arm inside of a vacuum chamber that just like spins at a bajillion miles a second and then just like throws this shit straight up at the right time to like punch it out the top hole of this vacuum chamber. Look, a lot of people want to eat astronauts into space is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's horrifying and also has nothing to do with astro Oh yeah, projection. nothing to do with astro projection. I just know way too much about space travel and space history. Yeah, welcome to being a nerd. That's it, that's, that's the end of that. So astral projection is also called astral travel. Those are basically the same things. Projection just sort of in this case, meaning that you're projecting your astral body somewhere else. And really what astral projection is, it's an out of body experience uh, where your physical body and consciousness are separated and your consciousness travels to other places. It is a hotly contested topic uh for whether or not they're traveling in actual like physical universe as we know it there are um a ton of accounts of people 
astral traveling and astral projecting. Um, and the process is ancient. We have documented ideas of astral projection going all the way back to ancient Egypt. And it spans basically every single culture throughout the world. So this is one of those things where it's not just like one belief structure that allowed it, where it's everybody and everybody's kind of got things. So there's a lot of different accounts of astral projection, especially in modern times. And it's as varied as people traveling like the astral plane. And it's all like, pew, pew, uh, you know, and it's like space like, and then there's people that are like, I astral projected to a city. And here's the thing in that city. Sure. And then there's also people that are like, I astral projected to Jupiter and, uh, looked around at what Jupiter looks like yeah, as a planet. What, this is what Jupiter close. looks like. Yeah. This is what Jupiter uh, looks like. It's sort of like the physical manifestation of um of distant seeing the like MK Ultra Cold War government attempt yeah. to like as be able well to literally spy Stranger on, Things. Yeah. Well okay, so in the Cold War, uh basically both America and Russia. And again, this is one of those like, like how true and untrue is this? We you'll, we'll never know, but the history channel is going to talk about it for like six hours. So watch all of that. Um, <laughs> trust me, I've seen all of it. It's way more than six hours. I'm being kind, but um, there were programs yeah. to see if like, Hey, are you like a renowned seer? And you've like found a bunch of like missing kids or like dead people or whatever the heck. You know, like murder victims and shit like that. Yeah. Well, then what we're going to do is we're going to kidnap you and uh, see if you can spy on the Russians for us. Yeah. Or and, in Russia, um, see if you can spy on the Americans for us. Like, it wasn't just us. Yeah. It was everybody, guys. And they did the same thing with <laughs> astral projection. Yeah, and totally. that's, like, very directly what Stranger Things is operating off of when they have Eleven and she's able to travel into, like, that, like, black space where it's just, like, water on the floor. That's basically how one very specific person described what astral projection was like. Yeah. But the reality of it is, is it is as varied as it is, um, as each person Oh yeah, everybody's going to experience for completely it in a, in a different way. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Yeah. But and it's done. And the thing is, is you can do, astral projection using a ton of different methods yeah you can use meditation or mantras you can use lucid dreaming trances visualization uh, there's also sleep versions like of it and of course uh com combining all of those or just doing them separately with drugs yeah. so this is another one of those things that's really interesting within the spiritual community because basically anybody can do it it's different for everyone, but it's something that people have been talking about since people could write stuff down yeah. and since oral history began. So yeah. there's definitely more to this idea of separating your consciousness from your body. And, um, you know, there's, of course, the meme about how, like, oh, witches didn't used to actually write on broomsticks. They used to, like take some herbs and like jam them all in their lady bits. And then they would astrally project. And that was how they like flew that comes around every single don't, Halloween. Time. Don't know what meme that is, but okie day. Ooh, yeah. It's super popular. And I highly do not recommend putting herbs in your lady bits. Yeah. For those. You're not a doctor. <laughs> don't put stuff reasons. up there that ain't supposed to be up there. Uh, yeah. And that but, don't matter which bits we're talking about. Don't put, don't. You're not a doctor. Do smart person shit. Cheese and crackers. I mean, you know? food safety. Food safety. Sort of. Yeah, body safety. <laughs> That's the yeah, drinking game safety. item. Have you ever astral projected? Um, no. 
Not really. I mean, we've talked about in various degrees of depth, my like, you know, infinite consciousness theory and how <laughs> that relates to being able to perceive like your Rick verse, my, you know, different, different, like projections into different harmonic universes, chaos that that is. And one day we'll get into that in a podcast episode, but uh, I don't know. I had to write it all down and stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, like to think about it as just like like the like standard Hollywood out of body experience thing, like not really. No, oh, yeah, yeah, no, not really. I'm generally pretty like like hyper I'm Johnny on the spot, hyper aware. I'm always I'm always right here, uh... living in the moment. You know. I mean, I get deja vu like several times a week. So, so yeah, you know, I, I have like I got other problems. <laughs> I don't got to worry about like slipping loose from the confines of my body. It's more like slipping loose from the confines of this expressed reality or like linear time. <laughs> so, you know, different, not better or worse, just different. <laughs> Do you have you? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Definitely. I have um, experienced it in like a couple of ways, usually in like a sort of a deep like meditation or like a trance state and sometimes accompanied with mind altering substances. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, most of the time, not with mind altering substances. It's actually harder for me to disassociate that way. And I've sort of like traveled to people but i wouldn't say i like traveled to like the city that they lived in uh, and like looked at them and they're like sitting on a couch and they're like watching tv but like more along the lines of like locating that person's energy and being like it's like in, a yeah like being in like the same room totally. as their energy totally. but not even necessarily room but uh yeah actually when i i i call it the drop because to me it feels like i'm sort of like like I sort of like hop down off of a step yep. and sometimes Fall um, it feels down, like yeah. I am falling into like a pool of water, sure, but sure. not like in a distressing way or anything like that. And I've definitely like a cannonball been like in a like swan dive or like a backflip or like uh, more like being pushed into a pool when your back is standing towards the pool. Mm, speared. Yeah, but I'm usually wearing a very infinitely flowy outfit that looks just like really cool floating downwards. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just spears. Yeah, I've just been like sort of speared directly down yeah. <laughs> into it. Yes, I have astral projected no, and it's no. been super interesting when it has happened. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, so that's astral projection. And we're going to explore all of this like way more when we do a full length episode, but... We have a bunch of those planned. It is so. on the list. It's on the list. Uh, so next up is story time. Part three of the Tiger King of Wicca, Gerald Gardner. Um, what's up? So um, this story sort of originally starts in episode 30, which is talking about Book of Shadows and Grimoires. Uh, when we talk about what a Book of Shadows is and how they became about. And um, it was so interesting that we have explored it in our last pub chats. So this is part three. Uh, and so Gerald Gardner is, uh, the, his, his craft name was Skyre or Skire. I'm not really sure exactly how he pronounced it, but that's close enough. Yeah. S C I R E. Yeah. He was an author an amateur anthropologist an amateur archeologist. Uh, he was also very interested in 
in nudism and um yeah and he was most notably the father of wicca uh but not only that like was he like a super interesting person and there actually are biographies about him but he looked like a crazy man yeah he does look pretty crazy in that picture yeah and we'll put a picture up in the youtube for that uh and if you are listening on a podcast network just google gerald gardner that's yeah with two g's uh and just just bathe in his absurdity there's also a couple of semi-nude pictures out there of him be careful i recommend that you avoid those yeah Uh, so he was, there's a lot to unpack about him, but we're going to get really, really like focused on this. So he was born into a, into a wealthy English family and he had a huge interest in the occult and that led him as well as like, you know, taking care of his family wealth and whatever, led him all around the world. And in doing so, he had a lot of interesting things that he got into and he held memberships to many clubs and societies, including becoming a Freemason. And a lot of these things really influenced him in his creation of what we now know as Wicca. Uh, And in particular, Gardner believed that there were um, ancient witch cults that dated back to the 1200s that had survived in England. And that's what he loosely, quote unquote, based Wicca on. And also he believed that the Fey folk were a secretive pygmy race that just lived in, um, you know, companionship with humans. So yeah, there's that. No magic, just tiny folk. <laughs> yeah. <over there. laughs> and um, as his fame increased and he sort of like got further into creating Wicca and, um, you know, with his covens and all of, you know, and all of the sort of stuff that goes along with that, he decided that the best way to ensure that the old ways were to keep going would be to court publicity, to like really like get that out there. Because the more people that knew about it, the harder it would be for it to fall into secrecy and then just sort of fall into nothingness. Mm. Uh, And in the mid to late, late 1950s, he published a book that talked about his beliefs. And um, it was crazy. This was like the 1950s in England. And I mean, I know that seems like not a long time ago, but that's like 60 years ago now. And it was really uncommon to align yourself with what we now know modern as Wicca or even witchcraft. And uh, so that was huge. And there was a ton of articles and press coverage about that. And what he started doing was he started inviting the press to write articles about his religion. And a lot of these articles had like very inflammatory titles. They're like witch cults in London, no. you know, that sort it was, of thing. But it's different. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also 70 years ago. Oh, Not it is years 70 ago. years yeah, ago. That's Ooh, fine. boy. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the 90s was like 10 years ago, right? No, it was not. <laughs> no, it was quite a while ago. Yeah. So because he started publicizing all this stuff, there was a lot of people that weren't happy about him courting publicity and trying to get so much talk about what it is that he had going on, either because it was still very taboo to be associated with witchcraft, particularly in London, which is a a monarchy and has a um like monotheistic main, focus yeah monotheistic focus like a main religion that you're supposed to be into um but some people thought felt that that was in um 
compromising the security of the coven's members because he's not just making himself public as being a witch. All of them are associated with him and with this also. So there was also that concern or other variety of reasons. And one of these people who sort of checks that other category for being upset with him is Charles Cardell, the guy who basically started Tiger King Wicca, the Storytime series. Um, and he had a falling out with Gardner in 1958 because he felt that Gardner was a sellout and a fraud, um, which in my mind is like projecting much because he definitely made up a fake religion with a fake deity because he wanted to uncover how fake Gerald Gardner was. I mean, <laughs> whatever, dude. And uh, after Gardner's death, many of his belongings were sold to Ripley's Believe It or Not. That's dope, actually. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of, we're, we're Americans, and there's a whole bunch of different, like, um, places where Ripley's Believe It or Not, it's like a you know, curiosity museum kind of thing. There's a bunch of different places you can go and see them. Yeah, it's like that um, Tussos. Yeah, and there's a couple of them that are near us. And the interesting part about Ripley's, believe it or not, is the guy, Ripley, sure. is actually buried in a cemetery that is near where we live. And I have been to his grave. Huh. I He's definitely buried didn't know that. That's in fresh the, shit right there. In the Santa Rosa Rural Cemetery. Huh. In fact, you can see his grave from the road. I could point it out to you the next time we drive by. Oh, shit. I didn't even know. I yeah. didn't even know. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I don't know that I've ever been to a Ripley's Believe It or Not what? museum. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, that's like a pretend museum. So it's like you go to the wax museum, you go to Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's a thing. Yeah. I also don't have a desire to go to a wax museum. Oh, it's by the way. so fun and so weird. Yeah. No, uh, oh, we're gonna have I've to go. seen wax figures. I've been to a wax museum and and it's really just like, hey, do you want to look at whatever the nightmare form of famous people is? Because here's what famous people look like if, like, the devil or something worse and more cosmic than the devil decided to take a picture of them and carve it into wax. Like, I understand, oh, first man. of all, way beyond me, right? The people who do this are legitimately gods. Like, like that kind of carving is amazing, and I fully respect the craft. But at the same time, pallid, wax-skinned monster people is just like, why are we here? I don't know. It's a, a wax museum, much like the Ripley's Believe It or Not, is a function, is like, for me, connected to the fame-chasing, like, worshipping super movie stars thing that I just don't understand. It just has, like, no connection to me. I don't get it. Well, I don't it know if I, like, like, missed a day in school where we were all, like, indoctrinated or something. I don't know what that is. I just don't get it. Like, yeah, cool, famous people are cool or whatever the heck. And if they're cool, famous people support. But like, I just don't care. I mean, it sounds like to me like we're gonna have to do a field trip because there. Yeah, I mean, is let's do. Let's go. A let's pretty it, right? cool wax museum. I remember right the books next to a from when I was right, like a child. Right next to a Ripley's, believe it or not, in uh, San Francisco yeah. on Fisherman's Wharf. I remember the show Ripley's, believe it or not. There was a show. That yeah. show was pretty interesting. I always uh, every episode though I was just like is this bullshit am I getting am I getting faked out like, I mean it I just, is believe it or I just, not I just I just I'm just like should I be trusting these motherfuckers but I mean whatever we watch the science channel nowadays and that is that is basically mm. believe yeah. it or not yeah, yeah they're like what is this ghosts nah it's probably like a fire truck and you're like yeah of course it's a fire truck wait a minute could it be ghosts what's happening right now why are you making me question reality like this yeah fuck those shows man I mean, they're fun. We watch them, but ju they're just, it's dumb. I don't know. It's dumb dribble. Yeah. Um, so next up, 
We're is... going to be talking about the last sort of chapter in our Tiger yeah. King Wicca story time. Is actually going to be the most normal person out of literally all of these people. And that's Doreen Valiente, the mother of Wicca. Yeah. And then we're going to have to come up with another thing to talk about for a new story time. So if you have a strange witchcrafty, like historical nonsense. I mean, maybe we just do story about uh bloody, what's his name? Um, Alistair Crowley. I got a whole that bunch of been stuff up that to we some can shit. talk about. So, but, but if you got if an idea, you guys have things that you want to hear about. Below. Yeah. 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 Or you know of something cool that you want me to talk about here. Yeah. Uh, let us know. Uh, as well as if you have questions for us to answer in the listener question segment, definitely hit us up with those too. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and move on to magic in media. It's magic in media time. And uh, we watched this weekend King Arthur, Ledger of the, Legend of the Sword. That's the 2017 Guy Ritchie version yeah of king arthur yeah the um the cool uh badass hip-hop heist king arthur um i fucking love that movie so i really much. like it i know people I give really it the like business it. for like historical inaccuracy but also um it's a guy Ritchie film about a heist so i feel like it's course. just as accurate as um what's that one with the dude who played joker that died the old timey one. Oh. Oh, you're talking about a knight's tale. Yeah, it's just as historically accurate as a knight's tale when you think about uh, it. I think the knight's tale might actually be more historically I, accurate. I but think that you're misremembering because, the knight's because, tale. No, 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 no. Just because King Arthur was like way before a lot of the shit. King Arthur yeah. was like further back in time than I think often movies give it credit for. Well, yeah. I, I think the most accurate King Arthur was, or like theoretically the most accurate King Arthur was that one with... um. With what's her name, where like, like oh, Arthurian legend was like they were like yeah, Picts and Celts and shit like that. But it, even yeah. that, I'm not certain of. Like, I mean, this is the thing, right? It's it's Arthurian legend. Let's well, accept that it's ninety percent fiction, ten percent history. Arthur would have lived during uh, the Dark Ages and sort of like right before I mean, or right during the height of the Christianization of Europe. We don't even really know when he lived, right? We, he lived somewhere I've between been to his castle, or like, the castle that's called his castle. At like least. he we he lived somewhere in between like CE, like Common Era, like five hundred to like. 1100 and even 1100 is kind of pushing it and we don't even know much about really anything from those times because there are so few surviving records of literally anything so that's kind of the interesting part about it is we don't really know so like yeah you can look at it and go okay well like they're wearing clothes that are too modern okay well then what did they wear in 8500 to 800 like pick a time frame i I, I feel like i feel like I mean, you know, and I know other people have other issues. There are people who just genuinely don't like Guy Ritchie films. They're wrong. You're wrong. Oh, they're fantastic. But that's I fine. Guy Ritchie's the best. Um, But like, you know, and it's like some people don't like the super stylization thing. And so there's like a bunch of reasons, whatever. I mean, I feel like I feel like if the only reason why you don't like it is that it's not like, quote, historically accurate, unquote. Remember that a man is able to touch a sword with two hands and attain the power of fucking thunder. So like, <laughs> let's let's all let's take let's take the seriousness down 40 percent. Right. Yeah. And to that end. Right. And the reason why we watch. I mean, we watch this just because I love this fucking movie. But the reason why we wanted to talk about it, Magic and Media is that it is a very specific and insane form of magic. Yeah. In this movie. Right. Because, like, first of all, like mages are a people. Yeah. Right. 
it it doesn't seem like oh you like magic is a learned thing it seems like magic is like a like a different color people like those blue dudes over there they got magic right yeah i mean they're not a different color they look like regular people ish we only see like two of them yeah we really or three only of see them. two or but, three mages but so like so like they it, they always talk about like the mages and their people and stuff so that's super interesting uh and the magic seems very like raw like deleterious to your health and mental well-being like it seems like it really like gets you yeah you know and it's very draining um but it also has like it's very physical and it's very like like natural but it also has that sort of like structure insofar as the taller a mage a wizard whatever builds his tower um the more powerful he gets yeah which right? is really a weird thing to do I don't have kind of. With it, I but think it's that it's. Weird. I think it. It feels very telescopy. It does. In so yeah. far as the taller the tower, the greater the distance it can like draw and project magic from I mean, the land. Yeah, because all of the magic seems vaguely naturally attached. It seems a little um, compensationy to me. It's. It's. I mean, I guess in so far as like the one dude who's primarily doing it, who's the antagonist of the story, is like a right, right prick. Yeah. Um. But so like the the <laughs> like 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 the the like Arthur's wizard gal, whatever her name is, she's like very like natural, but like powerful magic, right? Yeah. And like the main bad guy is very like like standard issue like dark making deals murdering his yeah. wife and daughter for power building a big ass tower so he gets more powerful like legit he murders his daughter to like get gain the power of i don't i don't know like one of the demons from the doom video game right <laughs> just like a big double scythe and he's all like he's like three feet taller and just like fucking absolutely shredded yeah. And and like he's like Dark Skeletor. Yeah, he kind of is using like the Shira and Princesses of Power. Yeah, he's sort of like Shadow thing. Skeletor. Um, but like so, like there's that, and then there's the the Excalibur, which Excalibur is like Merlin stole some real powerful wizard's staff and forged it into Excalibur. Yeah, and then Lady in the Water uh, took it or whatever, and um. So whatever, I don't know. That has thunder in it now. Because this kid, every the first couple of times he touches the sword with two hands. One hand, no power. Two hands, too much power, power. Blacks yeah. out. Right? So they make him go to like the shadow realm to fight giant bugs and shit. And he comes back and he's like, I got this. Um, so now two hands, time slows down, superhuman speed, superhuman also, strength, a little bit of sparks in, and lightning. When he goes to the dark basically the dark the lands, he basically is astral projecting because he does not actually physically go there yes he uh, disappears i don't think so when he first leaves um they there's a there's like a one or two second throwaway scene where they it shows him physically vanishing it's also mm. implied that what he where he is isn't necessarily just a different place it's a potential future of the place that they are already ah. in which is very fucking interesting. It's still kind of astral projecting, but like it's more like um like he kind of like moves ahead of the waveform. Yeah. Right? Because because he isn't physically there. It's very like when he returns, it's like, ah, he's back. And like when he leaves, there's the like boop, he's gone 
like physical. It's very um, what's that um, the one with the gal who moves forwards and backwards through time? Outlander. It's very Outlander. Right with the mm-hmm. circle of stones, and he like vanishes and whatnot. I noticed that because at first I thought he was just gonna like black out in the circle of stones, mm-hmm. but there's like a scene where you see that he's physically not oh, I present, totally thought and he I was, was just there. like, uh, what? And then as many times as I've seen this movie, I didn't catch. There's like again, it's like one throwaway line where she specifically mentions that it's like the future of things don't change or a potential future or mm-hmm. or some sort of like some sort of like it's the future, comma, you know. Like, here's some ways to get out of it yeah. sort of a thing. Um, or the past or some nonsense like that. I think it's the future. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very interesting. Um, but, yeah, the magic's, like, very natural. It's very raw. It's very interesting. Yeah. And it's it's also, it's, like, very, very powerful magic. He's not like, hey, I have Excalibur. Like, this sword makes me strong and fast. But, like, I'm still a regular-ass person. Yeah. Right? It's like, hey, I have Excalibur. Fuck 27 dudes 18 feet away on that wall and that wall and everybody on the side of that, on the other side of that wall. Yeah. Right? Like like the scene when he's in the fighting dojo. Um and like all all those like black shoes or whatever the fuck black they're called. Legs, Pants, black, black legs. legs. Yeah, black legs are just like, ah, and everybody's fighting everybody, and he's just like, I guess I got a two hands of this sword. Uh, which is great. I love the guy who plays King Arthur. And he like two hands it. And then it shows him like, ah, and it's like storms and like thunderclaps and stuff like that. And then it like shows him disengage his hand. And it's just like dust and corpses. And everybody's like, um, what just <laughs> happened, dude? Like everybody is like terrified at the like sheer power of this dude. It's very interesting. The magic is very physical and very like dominating. It's not like yeah. like at no point in time in this whole movie does anybody do like a little magic. Every magic is like big, huge, bananas, powerful magic. Like nobody's just like tiny spell, boom, piece of cake. Right? Yeah, there's the like only a example giant of that snake. is when the dude Those starts huge that candle that elephants. one time. They, yeah. That dude just like summons elephants out of the mountain or some nonsense. It is so cool. Right? The magic is very like epic. It feels very like Greek epic yeah. to me. Yeah. Like, Clash very, of the Titans could learn a yeah, flipping thing like or very two. Very Clash of the Titans <laughs> epic. Not the new movies, the old one. Yeah. 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 But yeah. no, it's really it was really good. If you have not seen King Arthur and Legend of the Sword. Or if from you have Guy not Ritchie, seen it in a while. Yeah, go check it out. It's on Netflix. That's where we yeah. watched it. And view it through new eyes, yeah. looking specifically at the magic side yeah. of it. And enjoy it. And try it. It's just a it. fun movie. And as I regularly bring up, what happened to fun movies? What is going on with every movie has to have some big bloody lesson or hold some mirror up to society? Just have fun. Have a fun action movie. You said that. And I was like, whatever happened to Faye Ray? I just like immediately dropped into Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm doing that. I don't know. I have. I have. We have done, done that. that. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, all right. So that's Magic and Media. If you have a particular movie in the witchy space or that has like magic or whatever the fuck that you think that like we would be into or you want to hear like our opinions about the magical system in it or something like that, leave us a comment. Let us know about it. Yeah. Because we're always looking for recommendations. I mean, we have like a 800 year long list of shows to watch on the 47 services we have to pay for to be able to watch the shows that we want to watch because you know it's a nightmare out there but um yeah we definitely want to hear your suggestions so let us know yeah uh and with that 
I mean, that pretty much wraps it up. That is that is the pub chat. So firstly, I would like to thank our patrons, Alan, Miranda, Alexa, Helena, and Jeff. You guys are awesome. Keeping us um, lit, lighted, whatever. Helping us improve. Helping us improve. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. Making us better by being awesome. So stay awesome, yeah. y'all. And the next episode of the full length podcast, episode 33, comes out next Monday, the 28th, and is the Norse family tree. So be prepared for just chaos, man. Let me tell yeah. you what. Greek family tree was a wild, th- was it's, a wild it is, episode. It is a dead straight line compared to the Norse family tree. Let me tell you <laughs> what, dude. Like every time yeah. I read stuff about like, like, like the greater like pantheon of Norse gods where they're trying to like, we're going to take the Norse gods and distill it down into five pages. You get done with those five pages and you're like, I don't. I didn't learn anything. Yeah. I'm going to reread this because my brain immediately was like, forget it. It's not, <laughs> it's not worth the effort. It was too many words. Quit. Right? Yeah. Uh, but so that's going to be super fun. And then after that, we have another pub chat, which will be episode five. So yeah. Um, again, thank you for joining us for this. If you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell and do all that kind of stuff. If you're listening to us on your podcast network of choice, please leave us a review. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can find us on social media. I'm at NerdJive everywhere, and she's at Goddess Jewels everywhere. Mm-hmm. We got TikToks and all that kind of nonsense. Uh, and if you're looking for links, those are going to be in the comments or in the in the dibbly doo below on YouTube, on our website nerdjive.com/links, and I don't know, probably somewhere on podcasts. Honestly, I'm not certain, um, but you'll be able to find us. Don't worry about it. And uh, yeah, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn. And Cauldron. Podcast, pub chat. Stay magical, folks. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt. Mm-hmm.